One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Support Wrestle Talk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Mr. Davis, joined as ever by the person I hate more than anyone in the world. But nevertheless, happy anniversary for yesterday. Lukewarm Luke Owen. Hello, Swath Nation, and a hello to you, Mr. Davis, you big dick. Uh, thank you very much uh, for your well wishes, and thank you to everyone uh, who reached out to say thank you. Uh, sorry to say uh, congratulations uh, to on my wedding anniversary. My third thank you. Wedding. Thank, thank you, you for taking yourself off the market. Thank Everyone's you. worried. Lukewarm Luke Owens coming after their girlfriends. Thank you ever so much for not being available. Um, yeah, no, everyone was very, very nice in, in passing on their congratulations. Um, I'd also like to extend a, a big, big thank you to uh, the person, um, not going to name who it was, obviously, who uh, got me and my wife a lovely package, a delivered package of, um, of brownies of various different flavors that were absolutely delicious. So, so nice. They had a little lovely card in there as well. And they, I wanted to give them a, you know, a special thanks because they were the only people to send us a present. Ah, well, they sound like right chumps, whoever did that. (laughs) (laughs) And it was very lovely and uh, made me and my wife do a big smile. And we had them after our delicious Indian feast that we had from our posh takeaway. Well, because you can both enjoy them, I imagine, being gluten-free and vegan. From what I imagine, those brownies would be uh, catered to. That was it. You know, it was one of the things when we opened them up, we're like, oh, look at this. It's perfect because my wife is gluten free and vegan. It was like it was like they knew and they cared. So I don't know if you have this with any friends, but I've got it with two different friends who I went to school with who, you know, grown up, got their own girlfriends, etc. A wife in one case. And it started with wedding gifts. And I asked my friend how much you put in this card. And he said, ah, 50 quid. And I was like, OK. I'll do the same. And I put in £51. <laughs> and I made a big deal out of it for the whole day. <laughs> but since then, it's become this war of presence mm-hmm. uh, between us. And we're, we're like, we're, we're getting up on when people's anniversaries are and when, like, you know, when people's birthdays are, stuff like that. If something goes wrong, if they lose a job, 
I'm going to send a present or he's going to send a present too. But it's made me a nicer person yeah, in, in regards of getting presents. But it's from a very dark competitive place. <laughs> It's, it's made you a nicer person, but also from a pretty... It's amazingly, it is both a giving and selfish position mm. because you are you are giving a gift because you want to be nice to your fellow man and your, and your friend, but also in a selfish way, you want to be the best gift giver. Mm. Yeah, so I guess it's like the means and the ends justify the means. Am mm -hmm. I net a good person here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd say so. Yeah. It's 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 a plus and a minus mm. equal a zero, right? No, no. But overall, I'm I'm looking for a like a three or a four, pl a plus yeah. four. Yeah. I'm, well, okay. I mean, because not only yeah, you're making pe other people happy, and like that's a good thing. I think that gives you extra points. Mm. But anyway, should we get into the AEW show? Um, uh, here it is talking about Kenny Omega and potential new heel faction. We've only put FTR in the title, but let's also throw Cody into the mix perhaps here is the show AEW Dynamite last night the go home go home show for full gear of course next week is the proper go home show and they stacked that some bitch up but as is always the way these days Every episode of AEW feels enormous, whether it's Chris Jericho's 30th career anniversary celebration or it's the AEW anniversary of Dynamite being a thing. And here was the the sort of fine penultimate round of the championship eliminator. We opened the show with the Hangman Page Wardlow match, one semi-final. Cracking match that was. Excellent. And mm -hmm. just as good, honestly... Actually, maybe I'll give it to the main event because mm -hmm. it should have been Pentagon. Oh, Kenny mate. Omega versus Pentagon as the other semi-final in the main event. Hangman Page, Kenny Omega won. They're going to have the match at full gear. I love that this has come about in a tournament fashion rather than a blood feud fashion. It's a great way to do the next step in this feud. But there's been a little detail that might signify something else because these are smart guys it's like when you watch a firefly funhouse episode and there's this thing that's like oh, well that doesn't make sense why is that there there's definitely a reason for it being there every single part of that set is very deeply thought about by bray wyatt and in this case kenny omega in his ring introduction for the second week in a row references weirdly north carolina yeah, so last week in his ring introductions, you know, it's just like he's a former IWGP champion. He is uh, the, the best bout machine. He's Dave Meltzer's favorite wrestler. It's all, all this sort of stuff. But in there, like seemingly apropos of nothing, just a throwaway comedy line, he once wrestled in North Carolina. Like just, you know, just once referenced it, just once wrestled there. And then in this week, his the line was, he knows someone who went to high school in North Carolina. So that's two references to North Kakalaki. I don't know if that's the right thing. Maybe that's a Carolina, maybe it's a California thing. I don't know. But anyway, North Carolina, which is where FTR are from. So that's interesting of itself. Then you think about at 
all out when Kenny Omega was storming out through the back and the Young Bucks were kind of walking after him. He gets into a car and he says, "Get you get into this car with me or you don't get in at all. And they didn't get into the car with him. But they've been acting heelish on their own. They've been acting heelish since all out, but they did not get into the car with Kenny Omega. So the sort of prevailing theory here is that perhaps... Kenny Omega is going to get involved in the FTR Bucks match that's coming up at um, uh, Full Gear, um, where, sorry, excuse me, the Young Bucks have now got this stipulation, the Cody Stip, because they're executive vice presidents, of um, not being able to challenge for the tag belts if they lose. Uh, someone's pointed out, thank you, North Kakalaki is correct. Mm. Are you an American thing? Fanny packs. I know American things. Um, so it's it's just very interesting. You also had Cody, who has been teasing, you know, doing the four thing like across his face. The, four, uh, uh, the FTR have been doing the four thing. You've got Tully managing, um, got Tully managing FTR. You've got Arn Anderson managing Cody. Arn Anderson heelishly led to Cody picking up the win on Orange Cassidy this week, and. So I thought about this, and then I was listening to the the Wrestling Observer here, just sort of like skipping through to see what they thought about this one thing. And Meltzer hadn't really picked up on it. Brian Alvarez was the one that pointed out. And Meltzer was like, oh, that is interesting. And uh, Brian Alvarez was like, unless they didn't, do, you know, unless it's just a random thing. And Meltzer just like, they don't do things on act Like, they don't do things like this by accident. This is, it's on purpose. So it's interesting. It's interesting. So true heel heat, what's going on? Hey! True heel heat, man. Uh, you can see, well, you're on uh, Wrestling Heat, Wrestling Daily last night with Alex McCarthy. Uh, mm-hmm. He says that the North Carolina references are shots at Hangman Page, who is also from North Carolina. Like, I am more over than Hangman in his hometown, basically. I th- That's what I presumed. But then I checked, and Page hasn't been billed from North Carolina. Uh, he's nice. he's billed from Virginia. That's that's what I was thinking. Yeah, because yeah. there's another, there's another uh, thing that we have here where it just says, do, 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 do. Yeah, someone left a comment saying that he is credited as being from Virginia. Mm. So I don't know. But I do, you know, as I said, like AEW are not the sort of group that would do this sort of thing by accident. This ha- like there must be something here to it. Yeah. I mean, so it's it's quite a genius way to swerve it. I don't think Kenny or the Young Bucks are in any way interested of doing what they've already done. They're artists. They just don't they don't want to just do DX in 2008. They want to do something new and fresh. So while we all wanted heel young bucks, you know, super kick party young bucks and heel cleaner Kenny Omega, they can still do that. But maybe the heel Kenny Omega, yeah, is with FTR. And the young bucks end up siding with Hangman Page. And they're like, oh my God. Like what what a beautiful story that could be. Where the Bucks like, we we got it all wrong. Omega was the douchebag. You're you we're sorry we took it out on you, Hangman Page. And Omega, I can see how, because of course it was FTR who beat him and Page for the tag belts. Like you, you'll be like, well, surely that would stop Omega then teaming with them. That doesn't make any sense. I don't I don't agree. I think Kenny could lose to FTR and then after that go but it was Hangman Pages' fault. And because FTR beat them, Tribal Chief style, they're now my guys. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, there's an argument to be made that, hey, it's just a throwaway line. Yala are reading too much into this sort of thing. But as we've said before, and you mentioned it, and I think it was a brilliant comparison 
um, by you, which is Bray Wyatt's Firefly Funhouse. There are st- all the stuff in there is by design. It's not there as an accident. Like if something is there in an accident, like it has to mean something. And I just like Kenny's just been doing this brand new introduction. You've got to think that there's something behind it. And yeah, uh, we we could talk about the Cody uh, thing as well. We'll talk about the match when we do the full play by play. But Cody did win this match by heel shenanigans. There was obviously the Dark Order getting in, but it was Arn Anderson clocking. Um, it was Arn Anderson clocking Orange Cassidy. And it was a moment during it when Arn Anderson was shouting at Cody when he was doing the push-ups to Cody, get serious. So yeah, some interesting stuff in all of that. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Funknown, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Funknown's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Immorons.
Let's see what you guys thought on the such, 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 such super chats. Charlie Davis says, Kenny's turn is serving two audiences. The long-term fans know that he's only the cleaner when he feels alone, jealous, and isolated. We're worried for him. Everyone else just sees a delusional heel A star. Or A+. plus. Uh, a plus, yes. Uh, Wilson <laughs> Simons. I think Hangman versus Omega should have waited. I think Wardlow winning with MJF interference would have been fine. Yeah, I can t- completely agree with you on that one, uh, Wilson. Unless, of course, it's it's less about this match and it's more about the reveal of a, a group. Like, uh, but I totally agree with you. I didn't think they were going to do the singles match between them this early on. I, what this early on? Nine months in. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, but dude, like, but they they only lost the tag belts at the last pay per view. That's more what I meant. Like, I thought there'd be a couple of pay per view cycles before you get well, the singles match between the two. Well, that's what I love about this booking because it's not them being like, oh, "I hate you." Grr. They come together through the mechanisms of the promotion itself. They are both. Mm-hmm. They've broken away as what was the best two singles guys together in the tag division, winning the tag belts. And now they've broken away from that. They're two singles guys. And yes, they've always said they're the best individual pro wrestlers in the company. When they're combined, they dominate the tag division. Now they're split up. Of course, they're going to rise through the ranks to be the number one contenders. I think it's masterful storytelling. And I, but I totally, I totally get it. Like, it's nice to think of Avengers and MCUs that, that, that maybe we'll get a match five years from now. And it will yeah. just be the first bit. But no, I think now is definitely the time to do the first match like this. And then like you, you give it three months and you get the rematch. Uh, but th- that's the strength of AEW storytelling in that they could have zigged the other way instead of zagged and had Wardlow win. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't mind. I mean, I think it shows the depth of AEW's roster and also just like how they kind of savor a lot of things when they announced, you know, the the main event of this show was Kenny Omega versus Pentagon Jr. And this is the first singles match they've had since All In. I mean, mate, the company's been around for two years and this is their first match since All, a first singles match since All In. That's incredible. Like, that is restraint. If if I was in charge of this promotion, maybe it's best that I'm not. I would have <laughs> hammered this into the ground. Oh, yeah, it'd be on TV every single week. This would have been Dolph Ziggler versus Kofi <laughs> Kingston in 2020 AEW. Uh, Jacob Stoddard says, I thought it was more of a Vince thing about North Carolina. In... Uh, I, don't, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't like seem like a man thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's that. Not personally, no. It's too it's too subtle to be a shot like that, if you know what I mean. They do shots yeah. a lot, but it's a different kind of subtle. Uh, Christopher Jazzcat love Pentagon and Omega, but not the best chemistry. I was gonna, I was gonna say, I was waiting for you to finish off that sentence. What? <laughs> do you think Christopher Jazzcat's just upset that it wasn't Raven? Jazzcat, like... <laughs> you're a long time viewer of the show. I don't want to get, I don't want to go off on you. But that's that's two matches they've had now. They're just I, I'm 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 gonna I'm just gonna talk about how how much charisma oozed off that main event later. It was dripping in chemistry. Yeah, it was like I, my A level. I, I was gonna <laughs> got an A. I was gonna say yeah. I, I was about to say I disagree, uh, Christopher Jazzcat. Highly so. 
Uh, finally, for now, and we'll, we'll do the full review, uh, a very generous super chat. Thank you very much from Blood Patterson. Mm. A pretty cool name. I think Hangman will kick out the one-winged angel, and Kenny is going to snap and brutalize him, make Kenny look good, and Hangman, I guess, lose. He hasn't finished off the super chat. Yeah, it's an interesting because we had that last week, didn't we? People thinking that Hangman's going to be the first person to kick out the one-winged angel. But as you said last week, you almost want to do that in front of like a full, you know, a full audience. You want to do that in front of loads of people to react to that, you know, the first person to, to kick out of the the, the one-winged angel, really, on sort of a big scale. Everyone's like, no, it's too early to do the match. And the people are like, it's it's the right time to do the match. Like, also make him kick out of the one-winged angel. This is a this is three this is a three matches time. So we get this is the first one where it's sort of come about via tournament means. Kenny wins, maybe with FTR interference, but you know, it just sets up that perfectly placed Omega Mox match. There's so much history there. Then after that, when Kenny's got the belt. Hangman Page is going for him. And mm -hmm. that's when he kicks out of the one-winged angel. Just as, as a follow-up from uh, Christopher Jazzcat, they don't bring out the best in each other. I was disappointed. Christopher Jazzcat, lower your expectations, my friend, if you were disappointed by this. I don't say, I don't say that as general life uh, <laughs> advice. Lower your expectations, but... Just bring down your standards a tad. I, I can't <laughs> believe that. But, but if it didn't work for you, all the power to you. Dynamic Penguin, finally, just because it's on the topic. Dynamite before full gear 2021, Omega announces that if he doesn't win the FTW championship, he'll never compete for it again. Also, Wardlow rules. I actually love the idea that Kenny Omega would put that stipulation on the line for a belt that means as nothing as the FTW title does, as a way to sort of take the piss out of the Bucks yeah, and Cody. Yeah. I think that's quite funny, actually. <laughs> Uh, before we get on with the full play-by-play -play review, we've got a little treat over the next two days. Of course, Quizzlemania 21 was last night. I won by not coming last. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a stretch. It's a stretch to take that position uh, that you came third, uh, comfortably third. I want. Comfortably third, holding the belt upside down. Comfortably third. It's nice to see you actually wear it on the news for a change as well uh, after <laughs> not doing it for a little while come on mate. get the belt over what my, my dude, lady partner dude, my shoulder carried that championship i put prestige on that belt sean you ross show it some saying, you show it some you show it some respect sean ross sap saying the amount of steroids you do that that belt was not didn't affect you in the slightest also i need someone to put the belt on me my lady partner was working the last three days outside of the house but she was back today and you put, put it on, on your shoulder didn't you? <laughs> i felt like i genuinely when you were doing it i because like you know it was done to the back yeah. it's quite hard to put on yourself uh because you've got such snake-like hips and as it was being put on me i did feel powerful <laughs> hey it's it's a good belt man it's a great belt uh so yes quizzlemania 21 was last night go over to parts of unknown and watch that if you haven't already but tonight or today, rather, if you're in the States, on Patreon, on Parts of Unknown's Patreon for $5 and above backers, I think that's the right tier, we are doing the first ever fan participation Quizzlemania, just like a normal 
live stream quiz, but it's on the Kahoot app. So people, it'll be difficult for people to cheat. There's like time restraints for each one. You get more points the quicker you answer. And Adam Blompier is going to be hosting it live. So go over to Parts of Unknown's Patreon and check that out for more details. And also, what's tomorrow, Luke? Tomorrow? ba 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 it's Cinemania. Cinemania is returning over on Cineworld's channel. There's a link for that. You can set your reminder in the pinned comment. Both myself and Ollie Davis will be on there in full costume uh, because it is Halloween time. Um, and we're going to be taking on, obviously not as a tag team, we're going to be in singles competition against an uh, editor, well, a contributing editor to Empire Magazine, uh, Amon Warman, and YouTube royalty, Tom Skur. Wow. He's got like he's got like six million YouTube subs. Yeah, but he's eighteen to forty-nine demographic. Well, we probably beat him. I bet. <laughs> uh, Ten dollars. I'm being shouted at loads in this <laughs> headphone that's not on my ear. It's ten dollars. It's a ten-dollar tier. I want your money. Um, yes. So I'll be dressed up as Harley Quinn, like a basic bitch. Right, this episode of AEW Dynamites, the Go Home Go Home show, opened with a really nice bit of MJF with Wardlow backstage, uh, not Charlie Caruso, Dasha Fuentes is interviewing them. And yeah, well, I, was, I was mostly looking at Wardlow's nipple here. It was just peeking out of his little... You, I mean, yeah, you did want to talk about Wardlow's nip a lot, didn't you? Whose nips are these? Yeah. It's Wardlow's. Uh, it's, it's just doing this. This is what I like about it. This is Wardlow's nipple. <laughs> it's just slightly out. Podcast listeners, oh, he is hiding behind his uh, jacket and is just slightly peeking his eye out of it. We will peek out our heads. Uh, yes, yeah, so MJF sort of talked up Wardlow, but at the same time made it very clear that Wardlow is subservient to MJF. And Wardlow, you know, he's very good at showing these little bits of dissatisfaction. It'll blow up eventually. And then Sammy Guevara came and got in MJF's face about the whole inner circle thing. And MJF just tore into Sammy. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, this. Uh, it was a really nice way to build up. And it, it felt like a really different way to start the show as well, this kind of backstage interview to lead into the match. Uh, and what a match it was as well. Mm. Wardlow versus Hangman Page. <sighs> this was... This was actually really, really great. Wardlow is something special. There's a lot of, like... You can get a lot out of this guy. He's a young guy. And he has a lot of stuff that you can do with him in five, ten years' time as a top, top guy. That spear through the barricade, man, Loved it, was, yeah. oh, mate, it was rough as heck. And Paige just getting in at 10. Hangman getting to kick out of the F10. Um, and then, but reverses like this, you know, top rope F10 attempt into a gut buster and hits the buckshot lariat, two buckshot lariats, in fact, for the win. Really, really liked it. So he's 32. So he's not Is MJF. He really? Yeah, he's not MJF Jungle Boy Sammy Guevara. That's like under 25. Oh yeah, God, I forget Hangman Page is like, he's like he's like 20, he's like 26, I think. Good grief. This is a list. Hangman Why haven't Page we made this list? <laughs> Wrestlers Page. that are younger than you. He's 29. Bloody hell. He's 29. There you go. Yeah. Still, still. Uh but yeah, I, I thought Wardlow was was tremendous here. I don't know how much because it's difficult because I've never seen Wardlow wrestle a match like a long match that's not a pretty much a squash against someone who's also not a super worker. 
So this could very well be guys protecting him. He's booked in a certain way. But this is exactly what Paul Heyman used to do with ECW. Book people to their strengths. Hide the bits that aren't absolutely amazing. And this is that Wardlow's a perfect example for getting it right. Uh, I mm-hmm. loved like hangman the, the whole big man small man dynamic as if hangman page is a small man but he does this you know big top rope moonsault to the outside save them for the big matches please but <laughs> gets in the ring and wardlow just kicks out at one and yeah that the the no, not a no sell of the the buckshot lariat but hangman page buckshot lariat decapitates pretty much everyone but it just kind of bounces off wardlow yeah. wardlow staggers but the arm bounces off, takes another to put him away. It's a fantastic match. And that's two back-to-back great matches from Wardlow, from a guy yeah. who doesn't get to wrestle that often. No, they they very much keep him to the side, um, you know, for, for MJF matches. Gets to wrestle again next week in a, in a tag match with MJF against mm-hmm. members of the Inner Circle. <clears throat> and then there's a lot of stock you can put into, uh, into Wardlow. Really, really like this. I am, dude, I'm so excited for Paige Omega at full gear. I think it's going to be it's going to be pretty great. After that, we got Eddie Kingston versus Matt Seidel, but not before a John Moxley promo, which was you know just sort of dumb video package style again, rather than Eddie in the shower this time. We had Eddie with uh, some beads, some religious beads, and uh, Moxley was a great promo. That not as great as last week, but still so effective. He put over the company, being like AEW as a sort of promotion that attracts this kind of performers and then he says so, he says that he crushes windpipes and he crushes egos yeah protect your neck i thought it was a great great promo. i love this it's not about rankings it's personal hmm. I'm, I'm really that's a match as well like full gear dude has got a stacked card yeah. it is a pequenel sized stacked <laughs> card uh after that we got kingston going against matt seidel uh, which was, I was surprised by the style they wrestled here. And it was very effective because it just made me more intrigued, showing another layer to Kingston, another feather rather, to Kingston's bow, where it was a pretty technical submission-based style. You know, Seidel also more famed for high-flying offense. So it was it was nice to see this different style to both guys' work, but it was Kingston who won quite handily in the end with... John Moxley's bulldog choke. Yeah. And then after the match, uh, Butcher Blade the Bunny get in to kind of like, because he, he won't let go of the hold. So the referee is trying to stop him. Butcher and Blade take the referee out and the bunny holds the microphone to Seidel so he can say, I quit. Which is, you know, what he wants Moxley to do at full gear. And then after it, lets him go and just says, I'm sorry, Mox. And it's like, oh wow, what, what, what? Yes, yes, sorry. What, what does this mean? And it's just, it adds this whole other level now to this, this, this yeah. Kingston character. Oh, I loved it. In those three little words, I was even more invested in this view than I was going in. I watched it back several times because I was like, did he say I'm sorry, Matt? Like he was yeah. like, oh no, I'm, I'm sorry. I took that out on you. I meant it for Moxley, but no, like. Like he was, but and he he sort of had this dead-eyed stare as well that the commentary team put over, and it's just this kind of idea that Eddie's so wrapped up in his own pathology that he he thought he was attacking Moxley there. I just oh, it's it's not it's not just a match. How have they managed to to essentially throw together this match? 
because this was a replacement match, Eddie versus Moxley, and Moxley beat Eddie clean effectively by making him pass out in the bulldog choke uh, because because of COVID reasons. Was it Lance mm-hmm. Archer couldn't make the show, and they've gone from that and t- like taken that as a massive opportunity, turned it into the main event title program for a pay per view, and tied it into o- over a decade of context. Yeah. I love it. I think it's it's a credit to to AEW, but credit to Moxley and Kingston as well, whose promo work has been fantastic. Next week, uh, they're having an in-ring face-to-face, and I absolutely cannot wait. Oh cannot God. wait to see that. It's going to be incredible. You know like how you get excited for wrestling matches because you want to see guys wrestle against each other? I'm excited for this promo match. I want to see them <laughs> hit each other with words. Yeah. Um, Fortunately, I for a you know Kingston and Mox match thrown together last minute, and they've turned it into this epic feud that feels like it's been going on for a decade. The Young Bucks and FTR has been that match for five, six years. No, not five, six, but four, five years now. It's the dream match that everyone's wanted, and somehow every week since it kind of became a possibility they've they've taken the momentum slightly out each time and and done weird comedy or stuff's not quite worked and here it just felt like a bit of a hail mary segment to give it some stakes yeah this is they have just been slowly letting the air out of the balloon on this feud and it's not fully deflated because there's always going to be that gasp of air left over of like, well, it is a dream match that I have wanted to see for five years. So I am excited for them to, to have the match, but I'm, I'm less excited about this match. Each week I've been less excited about it. It's not to the same degree for obvious reasons, but it's a bit Brett Vince where it's like, this is the easiest feud to book hmm. in the world and you've overbooked it. And it, I, I, and they've overbooked it to its detriment as well. Yeah. So what happened here was Excalibur was interviewing both the Young Bucks. He was physically with the Young Bucks. It was a split screen presentation, and Tully Blanchard and FTR were on another screen from another location. And FTR said that they care more about the AEW titles than any kind of dream match. And the Young Bucks, mainly Matt Jackson, answered Excalibur's questions, being like, "Well, no, I don't regret." our actions from the last month or so attacking backstage officials and referees because I think that's what we've been missing. I think we missed that spark over our first year. And now we're gonna we're we're serious about this title shot. So serious that if we don't win, we will never challenge for the tag titles again. Yeah. And this is a, a Matt Jackson call. Nick was he's unsure uh, about this, but it's a Matt Jackson decision. And it is the same sips that we got for Cody's match against Jericho at last year's full gear, funnily enough. And weirdly, I did not mind it for Cody. I thought that was actually an ingenious, especially off of that killer promo that he cut. Uh, I thought that was a really interesting layer to the, it it gave Cody a lot of believability going into it because before then I didn't think Jericho would lose it. But it's not so damaging because realistically, I did, Cody shouldn't be the champion of AEW for its first two, three years. Uh, there, are be- there are people better suited to it, and you'll find no bigger fan of Cody than I. But with the Young Bucks saying that they will never wrestle for the tag team championships again unless they beat FTR, 
it's the kind of step that feels lose lose. Yeah, it really does. Although uh, Pumpkinini uh, is apparently maybe he's got the scenario. They've got the scenario. TNT tag titles uh, incoming. <laughs> <laughs> More belts. Well, you <laughs> know, you you're not. You might not be far off though, because January, uh, January this year on the cruise, they said that they would be debuting a trios championship six man uh, belts the following January, which is in a couple of months. It so, is, yeah. God, I mean, if that's the case, and we're having a few three man factions forming with FTR it's... and Kenny and Page and yeah. Bucks. It is interesting. I just don't know about this step. I don't know whether this match needed it. But in the same same sentence, maybe it did need it did need something because uh, like the matches are like the feud has been off the boil for a couple of weeks now, getting on for a month. It has needed something. I don't know if this is what it needed, but it did need a bit of an injection of of intrigue going into it. If if I was going to be brutal. I would just write the young bucks out for a bit. Matt Matt Jackson got his leg pilmanized last week. Yeah, absolutely. That, I mean, that's what I. They, they should have just played off that. I think you know, but AW that they come through the vast majority of the time when it's for men, and mm-hmm. they <laughs> the, the and you know the bucks are, are amazing. Maybe they've got a great idea that we're not seeing here. So yeah, let's see what happens. But as, as of right now, in a snapshot of time. I didn't like it. But what I did love was the town hall segment with MJF and Chris Jericho. Dude, MJF was so great in this segment. I like everyone was really good. Luchasaurus was great. Britt Baker was amazing. You don't have to be a dentist, but I am to know <laughs> that. Uh Bischoff was really fun in it as well. Shivani played yes. his role brilliantly. Shivani was so good in this. Jericho and uh, Ortiz were great. But MJF was just incredible in this, in every answer that he gave, particularly of the charts that he showed. Because Luchasaurus asked the mm-hmm. first question, he was like, as a dinosaur with a bachelor's degree and all this sort of stuff. He talks about like the financial ramifications of MJF joining the inner circle. And MJF shows this chart that's nonsense. And it's just arrows going up. And he's like, well, the chart says the arrows are going up. So, of course, I'm financially <laughs> beneficial to this team. It was that the format was the inner circle on one side of the ring, MJF on the other. You had some moderators with Dasher and Tony at the at the top of the stage. And then people would come up and ask questions. Why is it a good idea for MJF to join the inner circle? That was one of them. Pete Ravalon got up there, which I, I laughed at a lot. Just saying, <laughs> I'm just going to take my shot. Can I join the inner circle? <laughs> And then Tony Schiavone goes, uh, next question is from a Eric B from Wyoming. And I was like, yeah. what? And Eric Bischoff walked up. Brilliant cameo pop. I love that. Yeah, it was so, so good. Loved Reba flirting with Jericho because she's there mm-hmm. with, with Brit and just goes like, Jericho, I just think you've got a lovely smile. I just think you've got a really nice And Jericho's then just going like, stop it. Stop <laughs> it. <with> you. <laughs> Uh, but the what I really liked is it's classic Jericho template, and there's a lot of MJF in this as well, where it's a jokey segment. But by the end, you use that as a Trojan horse to get into the hearts and minds of people, and you flip it on its head. You you add a, a serious element to it, and MJF is asked like, what 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 
why would why would they let you join? What's in it for you? Why how how do we know you won't turn on them? And MJF says, and it's totally believable for his character, even convinced me, was like, I am amazing. I'm MJF. I'm the best, but I'm not a good team player. And mm-hmm. that's what I le- that's what I want to learn from the inner circle. I just thought that was a perfect reasoning and believable motivation for why he would want to join. And, and that's what I've really loved about this storyline is that MJF is doing this because he didn't beat Moxley at All Out for the title. And his reasoning for that and the reason why he's not gunning for the belt again is because I don't have a crew. What I've realized is that you need to be part of a team. A, everyone in AW is part of a team. So I need to be part of one as well. And that has led him on this path to join and get a team and be part of a team. And I love that rationalization. And yeah, as you said in that moment, there, where it's like, I'm not a team player, but I want to learn how to be a team player by being part of the inner circle. And Jericho said, you, have, you are amazing, but you've never beaten me. So at full gear, it's Jericho versus MJF one-on-one. And if MJF wins, he will be part of Inner Circle. Yeah, so uh, an MJF put over very strongly, I will do anything to win this match because he's so desperate. Uh, Another layer to this is it's amazing that the person who beat him might be one of the only people in AEW who doesn't have a faction. He's a lone wolf. Yeah. How do you get beaten by Moxie and go, well, I need to be more like him. I need a faction. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. loner. But yeah, with this, I it was it was very threatening. I'm looking forward to this Jericho MJF match. It's a very interesting dynamic, heel versus heel. But 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 not like a blood feud. It's it's a show of betterment, which is really mm. interesting. I I can see MJF going too far. He wants it so much. He goes too far. He brutally injures Jericho, writes out Jericho for a bit. And as per the contract, MJF now joins the inner circle as its leader. And you build to a Jericho comeback down the line. I was going to say, yeah, I suppose, yeah, if you write Jericho off TV, then yeah, I suppose MJF coming in as the new leader is actually a very interesting dynamic. I've seen a few people suggest as well that the inner circle are going to turn on Jericho because inner circle don't want MJF in MJF in the team. I don't like that. I like the yakety yakety yakety. You know the heel brotherhood that they've got, which doesn't work. If you know if they don't want MJF in the team, why would they then turn on Jericho to side with MJF? I, I don't think that makes sense. But it's very intriguing. There's so many different ways they could go. They could just play it straight, and MJF mm-hmm. betters Jericho and joins the group, and then you've got a situation where MJF's in the inner circle, but ah, oh, I did beat Jericho. Maybe yeah. I should be the leader. Exactly. And I love that. We were saying this from the start. Like The great thing about Jericho joining MJF is he could essentially be the rock to Farouk in Nation of mm. Domination, which is that, yeah, I mean, I'm in the group, but really I should be leading this group. If you think about it, if you, if you put some thought into it, I probably should be leading this group. Uh, after that, we got a quick video recap and kind of a promo as well of Team Taz talking about Will Hobbs. They still want him to join. And then we got Orange Cassidy versus Cody in the TNT title rematch after it went to the limit two weeks ago, time limit. And it was a lumberjack match. So you had the Dark Order out there, but you had a bunch of baby faces too. 
it is exactly what you said it would happen last week, which is that the Dark Order, the reason why this is a Lumberjack match is to stop the Dark Order interfering. But the Dark Order were part of the Lumberjacks. So guess what happened? They interfered in the match. Like, <laughs> and we joked about it last week. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Where Adam knows, do you know what? We probably should have seen that coming. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think the better story is don't have the Dark Order out there, but the Dark Order allowed to slip in because the best friends and the Nightmare family start fighting outside. The Lumberjacks fail their job that way, as opposed to it being inherently flawed from the get go with the Dark Order in there. But it yeah. wasn't. It was an interesting match. I didn't really think about how the babyface lumberjacks would play into it because I was so distracted by the Dark Order. And what you got was the best friends catching Orange Cassidy at one point, helping him back up into the ring. When it happened to Cody, they just let him fall. Uh, yeah. When uh, when Cassidy fell outside, Dustin Rhodes helped him back in, let him go in unharmed. Uh, but then, yeah, it ultimately broke down. Uh, Cody's healing it up a bit throughout the match, by the way. We already spoke about the press-ups and Arn Anderson's like, get your head in the game. But it all broke down. Orange Cassidy went against the Dark Order. So the Dark Order, John Silver, uh, ran in behind the referee's back. Sick pump kick to Cassidy. I love the way Silver moves. And then Arn Anderson clocks Cassidy and he gets hit by a crossroads to lose. Yeah, really, really a, a very, very interesting finish in all of this because the argument can be made, did Cody know what Arn did? Yeah. I mean, it's I it's it's interesting. Could go either way, but it, it does feel like it's leaning heelish. Mm-hmm. And we've seen him be heel in Ring of Honor. We know he's great at it. Mm. But he's also because he because he's captain AEW, you know what I mean? Like he is it it's almost it. <laughs> do you remember when TNA like was so desperate to turn Sting heel? Like <laughs> they were like Vince Vince Russo's big game plan in wrestling has always been I'm turning Sting heel, <laughs> and the crowd have been like we're not we're not booing Sting. Like you stop trying, bit we're not yeah, gonna yeah. boo Sting. But he's like no no yeah, but he's a baddie now. He's like I'm not booing Sting. <laughs> when the, Cody's like no, I'm gonna be a heel, but AWF is like we're not booing you though, are we, mate? Like let's be honest, I'm I'm just not gonna boo you. Uh, all all the while, by the way, Darby Allen. The TNT title contender for full gear was watching from the stands, utterly bored. <laughs> He's not bored, man. He's Sting. He's skateboarding Sting up in the rafters. <laughs> uh, the best friends get backstage after this, and they're jumped by, well, not jumped, they're attacked by Miro and Kip Sabian after Penelope Ford, dressed up as Orange Cassidy, gives them a sort of trick-or-treat gift. And yeah, that's... It's that that feud still happening. Nothing really progressed there. I, th- I guess we're going to have a match between them at full gear because we're getting Miro Trent next week, and which means you've still got time to uh, to put it on the card um, for yeah for full gear because they've also announced the buy-in match is Orange Cassidy versus John Silver, which I think is going to be really funny. Love that. Yeah. Uh, after that, we got hey. Is that the time? Oh. Yep, it's shortly before the main event. We've got about 10 minutes to fill and a five-minute commercial to take. Yep, let's get the heels promotion in there too. It's our women's match. Serena yeah. Deeb, the new NWA women's champion, because they don't care about their own champion, took on Lela Hirsch. 
the funniest thing about this is that, yes, yeah, Serena Deep is your new NWA Women's Championship. She won it this week from Thunder Rosa, surprising, I think, pretty much everyone because I, a lot of us, I mean, because AEW themselves were setting it up, we were going to do a return match between Sheeda and Rosa, only this time for the other title. Um, but Serena Deep's now the champion. But the bit that made me laugh the most about this is then the challenger is Layla Hirsch and it comes up with a name graphic and it says record 0-1. I'm like, cool. So she's had one match in AEW, which she's lost and she's now got a title match. Yeah, I did. it's a shame because I really enjoyed her. I thought there was something Ilya Druganov about her. Uh, hmm. She is a she is Russian, apparently. Uh, really, like sort of, she's very short, but she's she seems like just a, a, a pit bull, really. And she just kept on going after Serena's arm. It was... They were both good. It was, it was definitely good. better. I enjoyed than, the match. Yeah, I like the match. It's definitely better than some of the women's matches we've had in the last month or two. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a commercial break in the middle of it. Probably only got about five minutes of TV time. Serena Deeb won. So you're like, okay, great. So that that person was beaten again. And then it cuts backstage and Sheeda is with Marvez. And she says... Yeah, I accept Nyla Rose's challenge for full gear. And that's technically a feud that has been going on for two months. Oh, mate, don't give it that level of hey, credit. Hey, I'm just saying what people are going to say in defence. Because <laughs> it, they have indeed looked at each other after matches a month and a half ago. But there has been nothing since then. Because it's all been Thunder Rosa. And you're like, okay, but so what might have happened here is Thunder Rosa might have been on her way, like, you know, NWA, AEW working relationship. That's going quite nicely. They have plans. Let's do a series of matches. Next one for the NWA title against uh, Sheeda. And then WWE swoop in potentially and are like, ah, do you want to come work for us? Here's a load of money. And now Rosa's like, ah, yeah, that looks pretty good. And then the NWA like, well, let's get the title off of her quick. This could be what's happened. That's kind of like speculation reports of what's going on. Uh, Rosa herself has teased as much on Instagram about what promotion she's going to go to. And it all coincides with these NWA AEW title plans being dropped. But it's just like, that sucks. Chris, Lan Chris Statlander getting injured sucks. Rio being stuck in Japan sucks. But... A it's just a story that we keep having to go through. AEW let all of these women slip through their fingers. They haven't built up anyone properly to re to to sort of fill in those slots. And then you got that report this week that Mako Satamora has um signed with WWE and she's going to be going to NXT UK, which I'll be honest with you is a huge waste of, of Mako Satamora's talents. I know she's going to be on TV and she's going to be a, a, a coach and everything. But if Mako Satomura was on the table and you could have made a play for it, why in the smeg didn't you make a play? Like, why did you not reach out and ask? Because she is, you you talk about like, oh, they need they need some women who've actually got some experience. It's fucking Mako Satomura. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, that is a, an incredible level of experience that would have done wonders for this division, coach and on screen. And now there's these reports that Thunder Rosa has also slipped through their things as well. As you brilliantly pointed out on the news, Jordan Grace and um, De uh, Deanna Perazzo turned down the opportunity to go there to, to stick with Impact Wrestling. Um, it, it just keeps happening. And like, yeah, Nyla Rose, Marvez says, oh, Nyla Rose made this challenge that she's not going to wrestle in AEW unless she gets a title match against you. And she goes, 
all right, we'll have a match then. Like, what? You don't have to give her a match. Like, Nyla's making that rod for her own back. Like, you don't have to accept the challenge because she's not going to wrestle a match. What does that hurt you? Like, if Nyla Rose never has a match again, be that, by the way, Nyla Rose hasn't been on Dynamite since the start of September. And here we are, nearing the end of October, and she is the challenger for the belt. It's, we've we've sung this song a lot, but it's it's just, I, I made the joke about this on Twitter, which has gone down quite well, I think, you know, which I'm going to add. <laughs> But the booking of AEW's women's division is basically the end of uh, Das Bus from The Simpsons, where they're all stuck on that island and they don't know how to end the episode. They're like, eventually they were saved by, I don't know, let's say Mo. And that is AEW's women's division. It's just like, and she either gets her full gear match against, I don't know, let's say Nyla Rose. Yeah. We say it every week. We've been saying it every week for about a year. And it's it's uh, frustrating and disappointing because we love this company and they drop the ball spectacularly here again and again and again, despite yeah. hypocritically saying they think otherwise. And we should, uh, also, uh, give, we should also give well wishes out to um, Abaddon, who was meant to be on this show mm. uh, this week, but they taped the match last week. And apparently there was a very, very scary moment um, and she was taken to hospital. Apparently she couldn't breathe. Uh, and that's to take her to hospital. So absolutely the uh, the best of luck to her uh, and yeah, speedy recovery. After that, we got a very quick squash match, Sean Spears versus VSK. Uh, pretty cool, actually. Sean Spears just went straight in with a Death Valley driver. And I was like, okay, I like this presentation of Sean Spears. And then he went into the crowd and tried to beat up someone dressed as Mantor or a bull. And that was revealed to be Scorpio Sky. And they scuffled. It was an effective continuation of a feud that's on dark, but yeah, hey, it was a tra- thing. Transferring it, transferring it to dynamite. Don't mind it, mate. If we get more Scorpio Sky on TV and more Sean Spears, I'm all for that. And the main event, which we've already kind of covered, but we'll just go over it briefly, was Kenny Omega versus Pentagon because Phoenix unfortunately was injured last week. Eddie Kingston was like, "Well, let's put Pentagon in his place." And they, these two just oozed charisma. This is full oh. on Hegel. This is full zero M Pentagon. It's just a shame there wasn't a crowd there too. And this was like, this match was what I thought AEW was going to be when they launched Dynamite. Yeah, this is like, absolutely. This is the perfect indie encapsulation, the indie blend of like, Lucha Libre and Strong Style from New Japan and a bit of that pro wrestling razzmatazz that the Americans have. That's what indie wrestling is as a genre, as a style of wrestling. And there's no one better at it than Omega and Pentagon sometimes. And I just saw them wrestling together. I was like, these two guys, if I just... I I love the Omega Page storyline that they've done over the last year. Unfortunately, Pentagon's had nothing to do, really. So we can't say he's been given the same opportunities. But this is... This is... This match is why I say Omega should have been pushed like this from the start because you're flicking around. You don't know what AEW is. And you go, oh, wrestling. I used to watch wrestling. I used to quite like that. I'll watch this for a bit. Immediately, you are into these guys' characters because they just have so much personality. This is when people say, oh, wrestling characters, wrestling gimmicks are those up to 11, up to 12 versions of people's characters, like we had in the Attitude Era. These are Attitude Era level personas. But we have, the, but there's been the, the sort of reins on them for the last year. So I'm so glad it's finally happening. And I hope they stick with this level of over-the-topness. It was incredible action. 
that's all I could ever that's all I could think while I was watching this like God, we're lucky to be able to get this on TV. Like, it's just amazing stuff. Pentagon was great. Kenny Omega coming out with his sweepers that had the Lucha Brothers masks on was a really nice touch. Him wrestling in a T-shirt at first where you're like, oh, that's a bit of a dick move there, Kenny, wrestling in a T-shirt. Show some respect. And the reason was is because he had the AAA Mega Championship, which is a wonderful name for a belt. The Mega Championship! <laughs> he has a belt that he won from Ray Phoenix seemingly five years ago at this point. He's had it for so long and um and he was sort of reveals that to himself so that was a big dick move by him the chop exchange that they did i love you want to talk about the charisma between these two so they set up this chop exchange which you know penta and phoenix did last week so kenny's there you know like let's do the chop exchange thing takes the t-shirt off but pentagon's like distracted by the bonus distracted by raping he's like no you look at me it's chop time like we're gonna do these chops now and so, like, you know, Kenny does one. It's not quite as good. Pentagon's one. It's great. And he's like, oh, God, that really hurt. We'll do one. Mine's not quite as good either. And then Pentagon, because Kenny has goaded him into all of this, starts taking off the glove, starts doing the slow thing. And Kenny's really selling the glove being taken off, being like, oh, no, oh, no. And as soon as Pentagon goes to do it, he's just like, no, nah, I'll just kick you in the gut. Just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know we had this uh, show of respect, but I've had enough. I'm not letting you chop me, mate. And then that I thought that would probably be my favorite spot of the match. And then Pentagon did a Canadian destroyer on the ramp. And it was just like absolutely stunning stuff. Omega's selling of the arm breaker was wicked. Mm -hmm. It felt like his one-winged angel that he did was out of desperation. Like, I just I need to end this match now. I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. I love you, Christopher Jazzcat. You're a longtime viewer. <laughs> I think you got have had some excellent opinions on this show. You are a terrific human being, but you could not be more wrong about your opinions of this match. There you go. Actually, she's just messed in saying, okay, you've convinced me it was <laughs> it's worth another watch. <laughs> yes, Christopher Jazzcat. Yeah, it it was it was it was terrific. The the only to be hypercritical, well not hypercritical, to to, to point out some flaws. Uh, the arm breaker spot should only be used for actual injuries of the arm breaker. Although Kenny sold it amazingly. Like even mm. after the match, he was writhing around in pain. And after a Canadian destroyer won a match last week, it's just a setup move here. A Canadian destroyer off the second rope to the stage on the outside. Roll him in the ring. Normal pile driver. Two counts. But Guy, other than that. Dude, Canadian destroyer, it's a transitional move. And we know this. And like that's why last week it was such a bloody surprise that it was like, what? It, it finished a match. But <laughs> that know, April. I, I love bringing it up. You and I saw that indie show where they did a Canadian stroke on the apron in the opening match of the show as a setup for as a setup move for a near fall. But yeah, the whole the whole idea was uh, Omega working over Pentagon for the majority, which is the inverse of their all-in match. Uh, Pentagon took the lion's share there. And Kenny's just trying this one-winged angel, keeps trying to lock it on, put hoist him up above his shoulders, but Pentagon keeps reversing, reversing. It was a great reversal off the angel into the armbreaker spot, I thought. But yeah, ultimately, Kenny just like hit it to win. And yeah, no angle after it, no stare down. We're getting Paige Omega at full gear. I imagine yeah. the follow-up angle will come next week. But not only that, stay tuned because the Phantom Menace is also on. Well, it's, it's hard to, to end off with that, isn't it? It's like, stick around, folks. You might get some chat about trade federations and trade negotiations for, for three hours. I was like, because JR said this at the, the end of the show, and I was like, who is watching The Phantom <laughs> Menace? 
at 10 o'clock at night on a Wednesday. This is a Saturday or Sunday afternoon movie. What self-respecting adult watches The Phantom Menace after AEW Dynamite? Uh, but overall, the, uh, TNT scheduling is basically AEW is booking to the women's divisions. Like, and after the show will be, oh, I don't know, the Phantom Menace. <laughs> uh, but overall, I thought this was a terrific episode. The two semi-final matches were superb. I love the town hall segment. Yeah, it's got its faults with the tag division and the women's division, unfortunately. But overall, four out of five. Uh, I'd have gone a three out of five for this show, um, really, because it was. It, well, <laughs> A very high three out of five because, like, I loved that. But the, the the tank stuff frustrated me. The women's stuff uh, really frustrated me uh, this week. But I, I man, it, it's hard to like not like a show that's mm. got that Omega Pentagon match. Like that match alone should have really given it four out of five. But people want us to be a bit more consistent with our reviews and not overpraise. So, um, and actually, because did you see that list that got leaked out? Uh, the AEW invoice that they send out. Um, <laughs> we're not on it so do you know we're not on it anymore so i'm not praising them as much as i used to mate if they're not going to pay me then uh then i'm not going to praise them as much as i used to uh simon longdon on <laughs> screen grapple pointed out you really think they're paying dave Meltzer two hundred thousand dollars <laughs> and their own twitter ad spend thirty thousand <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, let's get in with all your su 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 super chats. Last call for all of those. We will read out every single one of them. Let's fire through these. Jose Vasquez, Omega plus Penta equals whack. That is wet ass chemistry. Uh, Black Adam. Ollie said that Omega versus Pentagon was dripping with charisma. Some would call that a whap, whap, whap. <laughs> wet ass Pentagon. Authority, no thank you. No thank you. Uh, I'm going to say yes, please. So that one, that really made me laugh. Get rowdy Jay, with that. Jay Burke 306. I think Kenny wins the title and Hangman has to sober up down the road to win against Kenny with FTR getting involved and Young Bucks helping Hangman. That's certainly where we thought the factions might align. I don't think alcohol will be a part of it, though. Jonathan Barube. The main event was amazing. Can't wait to see Penn to get a title run. Wanted mm -hmm. to thank you guys for all that you do. And as a side note, I'm getting married on Saturday. On Halloween. Congratulations. Oh. That's amazing news. Congratulations, Jonathan. Injection 2K. Like, have Hangman finally shown aggression towards Kenny because of how hurt he is and Young Bucks stop Hangman and ask for his forgiveness at Revolution? There's a lot. To be, there's still a lot to be mined from the, the Hangman Buck stuff. Yeah. Chris Petrue. My prediction is that Paige will beat Omega at full gear Ooh, to become the number one contender, furthering the jealousy with Omega, extending the feud. And the brilliant thing about this, uh, Chris, is that I think you can extend the feud either way. Like if Kenny or Paige wins, I think there's easily loads of return match potentials with them. Sam Mort, my call for full gear is Kenny goes in too cocky, Paige wins, and Kenny snaps having lost to someone he sees as a tag team wrestler pushing the feud. I do love that, though. Losing to someone that you think you consider to be a tag wrestler, that's really nice. I think it's more interesting to have Kenny win, but realizing he can't out-wrestle Paige and he has to resort to cheating. And then he, you know, he has to he has to live with that afterwards. Uh hot tag. 
uh, on the subject of the Young Bucks FTR. Zach Robinson says, afternoon, gents. Wondering how you would have booked the FTR Bucks feud. Just feels like there are uh, not too many stakes as is. Also, how many rounds are there to AEW Ollie? Hashtag jam that jam. Hashtag Adam that Pearson. Hashtag FTF. How many rounds are there? 12 rounds. We've decided. That's the answer. (laughs) I mean, how would you have booked the FTR Bucks feud? Simple. You build it between. This is the best tag team in the world. This is the best tag team in the world. Let's have a match to find out who is the best tag team in the world. You don't need... It's the same thing we said about uh, Vince and Bray. You don't need bells and whistles around it. The stakes are already there of who is the best tag team in the world. It's a story about conflicting wrestling ideologies as well. Yeah, exactly. Injection 2K. Uh, does it make sense for FTR to take on the number one team at full gear, have the reveal, Young Bucks mad at Kenny, and we have Kenny versus Mox FTR versus Young Bucks at Revolution? Does it make sense for FTR to take no. on the number one team? <laughs> it doesn't make sense on first reading. The number take one on team. The one team at full gear. Have the reveal, Young Bucks mad at Kenny. We have Kenny versus Moxley FTR. Versus Young Bucks a Revolution. Are they two separate matches? Kenny fights Mox and FTR fights yes, Young first, Bucks. Young Bucks. Yeah, I think it is. What's the reveal? The number one team. Know. Who are who are ranked number one? Surely the, I Bucks. Think the Bucks are. I think the Bucks are ranked number one. Uh sorry, Injection Two K. Could you yeah. clarify in the comments, and we'll come back to that. <laughs> Uh, Jericho MJF, Pavi Sean Rossap, number one fan, says, what if the inner circle recruits Wardlow instead of MJF? That would be funny, but they, they, they could riff off that, but not as a serious angle. Anthony Pride, after the stadium stampede on talk is Jericho, uh, on talk is Jericho, Jericho said that Sammy Guevara will be face around this time next year. Sammy is going to face turn shortly after full gear. I mean, 100, like, that's, that is purely set up in all of this stuff with MJF. Like it's, and like, you know, and his love affair with, um, with Jericho, it's all been setting up for that Sammy face turn. It's annoying that they've got a Matt Hardy feud to get through first, isn't it? Oh, I forgot about that. Bugger. Um, I'll do a couple more and then I'll hot tag across to you. On the subject of Cody Orange Cassidy, Sawyer says the Lumberjacks actually spent the match doing their job. They beat up the contenders and threw them back in the ring. They didn't instantly just start fighting with each other. Added to the story, what a concept. Anthony Price says, remember that Trent took a cheap shot at Cody when he was out of the ring. Wasn't Arn's hit just payback? You, you could, yeah, you could, you could argue that. That's what makes it really good. Uh, difference there is that Trent did it when Cody's on the outside. And Arn mm. did it while the mat, like they were inside the ring. That's not what a lumberjack's job is. Uh, Amro, Amro, I personally can't wait for AEW to try some horror stuff. What kind of angle or character do you guys think would be cool besides Abaddon? Abaddon. Abaddon. <laughs> uh, I don't want to see any horror stuff. We've right got the Dark now. Order. Yeah, I guess I won't count that as and horror the, the, though. The Nightmare Collective. They mm. remember, like AEW's big joke for a while is they've got too many spooky tag teams. They've done loads of horror stuff. Yeah, and it didn't work. Uh, <laughs> Spencer Oklo Bijida, Bijida, life goals. Find someone who loves you the way Jr. loves the Phantom Menace. I don't think that's your life goal, mate, because it doesn't sound like JR loves the Phantom Menace. He literally just like, Phantom Menace is on next. I don't think he knows what it is. Jose Vasquez. <laughs> I love AEW so much that I don't hate WWE. I don't dislike it. I recognize it's not for me, but Thunder Rosa to WWE would be nothing short of failure on AEW. Your thoughts? 
completely agree. If Thunder Rosa signs with WWE, what an absolute, like what an absolute failure that is as a company. Oh, we've just had injection clarify. FTR takes on someone else at full gear and the Young Bucks gets upset that Kenny turned on them and Hangman at full gear and teams with FTR that's pushing. Okay, I d- yeah, I don't, I don't think that does make sense though because, oh, you, you're talking about if the Young Bucks are taken out because of the that's injury. Right, yeah. And they yeah. get, ah, uh, yes. But then, but then Kenny still point. turns on them. Yeah, and then mm. Kenny still turns on them. Uh, and you can lead to, I mean, there, there may be uh, something in all of that. I don't think he has to turn on them. I think he turns on Paige and, and Buck's like, oh, you took it too far there. Injection 2K again. In my opinion, <laughs> Brit should be champion. But uh, yes, but this then becomes the problem with AEW, which is that like, well, this character is hot, so we'll put the belts on them. And then you do nothing with that character while a different character gets hot. Because there's like Rio that got, you know, we've got very, very cold while Nyla Rose was going, oh, okay, we'll put the belt on Rose. Then Rose got cold because Sheeta was getting hot. They're like, well, we'll put the belt on Sheeta then. Now Baker's hot. They're like, ah, oh, well, Sheeta's gone cold. We'll just take the belt off her and just sort of hot potato around because we're not building anything. Gabriel Caruso. I think Brett Baker mentioned on Twitter that when women's matches come on Dynamite, ratings drop. They need to keep eyes on the product. That being said, it bums me out. Thunder Rosa might go to WWE. She'll get watered down. Yeah, we talked about this last week. It's the the, the page argument of um, the reason why women's wrestling is bad in WWE is because of you fans. Um, but just I kind of got that vibe from Britt Baker saying like, yeah, if you don't watch it, then they don't push it, which is true. Like, it's like you know, Tony is a numbers man. We've heard this for years. But, you know, ever since Dynamite started, that the reason why women don't get time is because they don't draw ratings. But women do. We, women do draw ratings the knockouts uh used to outdraw everyone on tna it's how you push them and they're not presenting them the correct way yang vang retribution to AEW. no thanks slapjack i'll say i'll say no thanks to that sam mort the women's pay-per-view title match got 14 seconds of build not according to ollie davis it's had a two months worth of build of them staring at each other after matches Christopher Jazzcat, maybe I expect too much after rest after watching the G1. Thank you for the coverage. Did you see much of it? Any favorite matches? Suzuki versus Ibushi for me. Yeah, well, I, it's not the best G1 they've ever done, but I think that's because the G1 have set impossible standards to uh, to ever top. But yeah, that it was a, it was a very very fun tournament this year. Eric Defcon Prime Deriggy, why hasn't NXT amped up their women's division? Because AEW fumbled. They've got a I great think they have. division. Yeah, they they headlined yesterday's show with Io Shirai and Candice LeRae in a cracking little match. It was great. Uh, DX Solo, hey, hey, huge fan, Mr. Davis. I can't help but think that lukewarm Lou Cohen is to Stone Cold as Gilberg is to Goldberg. Jam that DX, jam. DX Solo, I just said loads of nice things about you on your Patreon shout-out video, and I take every single one of them back. Give me a yes, please. <laughs> Let's get rowdy in the chat. Give me a yes, please. Zachary Jenkins. Ollie, when you said in the review, Kenny has been living Spider-Man 3 for the past year. That made me laugh so hard. Thanks for making my day. My pleasure, Zachary. Tom Baratta and Joseph Tyrrell. Thank you very much for your donations, but no message. Zero Pile. Billy Corgan said Rosa was under contract through 2021. Yeah, covered this in the news today. He also was letting people out of their contracts reportedly earlier this year because NWA don't have um, any shows at the moment. Plus, companies why, can buy out contracts. That's why Ricky Starks is on the show. 
Uh, James Hanley, hey guys, thanks for entertaining me during 2020. If 2020 were wrestling pay-per-view, which one would it be? I think Helena Cell 2019. It started with no promise and somehow only got worse. You? Yeah, but like you did have that Becky Lynch Sasha Banks match, which unfortunately gets so easily forgotten about that show because everyone looks at the the, the piss poor main event. So there is some good in that. Maybe you could make the argument that it is that because it started off really well and it's only got progressively worse. TNA lockdown. <laughs> Christopher Jazzcat. Kenny Omega could be a great horror movie villain. He could be a great anything villain, I think. Psychological mm -hmm. thriller. Uh, Luke Retalick. Young Bucks cost Hangman the final against Kenny and have Bucks and Kenny be the first six-man tag champs. That could also work. Yep. Uh, FH, hey guys, no question, but thanks for always doing these shows. I try putting this on at the office when I'm alone, but worry my boss will walk in <laughs> mid jam reference. Jam that jam. Hello, JAFH's boss. <laughs> and finally, Abnahav Tiramula, Tirumala. Would Jay White be a top heel in AEW? Uh, BWTS. Hashtag get rowdy. That's BWTS. Still, I don't know, but get rowdy. I think, get yes, rowdy. I think Jay White would be a top heel in a incredible, incredible talent. I'd also like to thank people who got in touch about my super hot take I had about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, where I said that season four is rubbish and it's proper crap and it should be ashamed of itself. Um, a lot of people defending series four, saying that it actually is not as bad as you're, you're making it out to be. Um, some people like Riley. Some uh, One person said to me, was like, I mean, if you didn't like series four, you may, it, season five is better, but you do have to deal with Dawn. And we started watching season five last night for our, on our anniversary. And uh, yeah, Dawn is scrappy do like, uh, you know, it's early doors, but she is the scrappy do addition to this team. Mm. Well, so, so refresh my memory. She's just there all of a sudden. And she's yes. Buffy's younger sister as if she's always Correct. had a younger sister, but it's not a poochie scenario. It's actually, no. it's like, there Oh no, this is a mystery. It. Yeah, there's a mystery behind it, which I actually don't know what the conclusion mm. to it is. I can't because I gave up on watching the show, so I don't know. My wife does. Um, but yeah, but we didn't. We watched that instead of watching Quizzlemania 21, Quizzlemania Goes Hollywood, where Mr. Davis, I was I edited the podcast version of this afternoon, put in a pretty decent performance. Hey, pretty decent performance. I think where I went wrong was not having everyone's IMDb pages printed out in front of me like Louis. <laughs> That's like, if, if I would change one thing, I would print out everyone's IMDb pages. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, hey, for someone who's never seen a movie in his life, he knew a lot about movies uh, and wrestlers who've been in movies. That's So what is Louis' crime here? Is it cheating? I don't think so. I trust him. He's a very, actually very, very respectful person. Instead, I think he's bunked off company time when he's meant to be writing articles like my website slave that he is. And he's been researching and last minute swatting. Louis is a smart guy, spoiler. So's Andy, annoyingly. They're both incredibly, incredibly smart and they can retain facts. They've, got, they've not got photographic memories on the level of Sean Ross Sapp. But or who has got like, the most yeah. photographic memory I've ever seen, yeah. Like Sean can just reel back 
a list of 20 things that he's just seen to you. Um, but Andy and Louie are more like they can look at something and then they'll remember it for a while. Nerds. Like, they're nerds. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that's what Louis did. I think Louis legit nuggeted down for four or five hours <laughs> on Wednesday afternoon and just learn everything about wrestling characters. You know, because re- wrestling's a niche already. But if you put, you knew the, that it was going to be about Hollywood and stuff. So wrestlers and films, there's not a great deal to learn. Oh, I don't know, because like character names is something you've really got to like knuckle down into. Because I think there is if you were to say like Roddy Piper in if you, Roddy Piper in mm. this film, what is it? You could probably go, all right, that's they live. But to know the name is Nada, which isn't in the film, it's only in the credits. Like I that this next level research to be done. And it's impressive. Impressive, absolutely. Mm. Well, I got that one wrong. Did you hear that bit? I did hear that. Uh, I did hear that one wrong. But yeah, so Sean Rossap, incredible score. It was like 120. Uh, Louis, I think it was like 80. Your boy, Mr. Davis, who typically sits down, I think the highest score I've ever got is 38. You got like <laughs> 64 or something. You did well. Like I think you really clawed back a lot of points in those final rounds where it was just name movies from this person's back cat. Because that is, you know, something that you've got a lot of experience in. Mm. But uh, yeah, as always, the price is shite. Just murders me. Uh, <laughs> did you hear? So Adam Pearson, of course, was on the show. Celebrity mastermind winner in on the specialist topic was wrestling in the 21st century. And he came last. Yeah. And I beat him. And it was hilarious. Way. Yeah. <laughs> and he said him, me beating him has set the disabled community back years <laughs> i'll wear that badge with that. honor my favorite comment from that was like i gave up a voiceover gig so i could research <laughs> it like so i could swat up for the day uh it was fantastic go and listen to the podcast version we go and watch the 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 on-demand version of it over on youtube it's it's really really good uh, it's the first one i've missed since quizlemania 2 whoa wow quizlemania 3 maybe of any anywho Anywho, thank you all so, so much for listening. We'll be back uh, next week, although I'll be back tomorrow with Denise, probably talking about the Q3 report from WWE mm. or financials. Oh, who's to blame this time? Can't <laughs> wait to find out all that juicy information. And then Randy, Andy, that's and Pete will be doing. No, no, Randy, Andy, that's and you, Mr. David, sure is. SmackDown podcast on Saturday. How very exciting. Take care, everyone. I love you. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.